0: Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for this opportunity to worship you today. Lord, we thank you for drawing us here into your presence. We pray, Lord God, that you would speak to us, that you would fill my mouth with your words, that I might faithfully proclaim them to your people. Lord, and that you would touch our hearts and transform our lives today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. It's so good to see you all today. Uh, well, I have been uh, watching with my wife a TV show called Lie to Me. Anyone heard of that one? Yeah. You like it? Love it. <laughs> it's a, such a fascinating show because it's about a team of people who, um, what they do is they have this scientific process of evaluating faces, right? And what are they looking for in faces, you think? Liars, Liars that's right. <laughs> They're looking for liars. They're looking for, like, signs of, like, there's certain things that people do when they lie, like, universally across cultures, across eras. They do certain things, like, they'll look in the eyes more than normal, or they'll rub the back of their neck, or, you know, when they're disgusted, they'll do a little, like, thing with their chin, or their eyebrows will furrow. There's all these things they do, right? And so you're just kind of hanging on the edge of your seat, waiting to see who's lying. Right? Because the reality is, who's lying? Everybody. Right? That's the whole thing That's the whole premise of the, of the show Is that everybody is lying right? And so these people are solving cases By trying to figure out who's lying Why they're lying And what they're lying about There's always that like, underlying thing like, Somebody might not be lying about something But that something might have nothing to do with the case right? So there's all these like twists and turns And machinations and subplots And in the end everyone's happy And the bad guys go to jail you know? It's just like life so, but this fascinating thing is, though, that everybody lies, right? And according to a couple different studies, one says that you, every person has about two to three lies for every ten minutes of conversation that they're in. Yeah, another one says it's two to three lies every day. These two groups are accusing each other of being liars about their, their uh, survey, so uh, we're not sure who's right, we're not sure who's telling the truth. And they also say that men lie more than women, which, ah, come on. (laughs) I guess so, maybe. Who knows? I'm not real sure. It's hard to tell, right? I mean, who do you trust in times like this, right, with this kind of details? I can tell you what, with the campaign coming up, though, like, you know, there's a lot of lying going on, isn't there? One of the big parts of this campaign has been, like, fact-checkers, right? And why do we need fact-checkers or truth-checkers? Because people lie, right? That's right. Okay, so, you can imagine, though, that this show, Lie to Me, has a lot of material to work with, right? If everyone's generating this much material every day or every 10 minutes, depending on who you're talking to, right? There's a lot of stuff they can delve into. Now, let's put that aside for a moment and move on to our psalm for today, Psalm 24. In that psalm, we have a pair of questions, Who can ascend the hill of the Lord, and who can stand in his holy place? On face value, these are pretty simple questions, aren't they? Right? Who can climb Mount Zion? Probably every tourist who visits Jerusalem. Right? So, like, millions of people every year climb it, don't you think? So who can climb Mount Zion? Just about anybody who wants to. It's not that big a hike, especially living up here in the mountains like we do. That's no big deal. It's not that tall a mountain. So, on face value, you can say, well, that's not a complicated thing to climb. Climb the hill of the Lord. And then the second question is, who can stand in his holy place? Well, standing isn't that hard, is it? We all do all kinds of standing every day, don't we? So, at face value, this is not a complicated set of questions because anybody can do that. Anybody can hike up. Mount Zion; it's not very high, and anybody can stand. We do it all the time. But those aren't the questions that they're really asking, are they? doesn't really want to know who is physically able to do this no they're not just asking about our physical ability but they're rather asking when they say who can ascend the hill of the lord who is worthy and that's a very different question isn't it right because suddenly that group of almost everybody is called down to well we'll see how it's called down okay so who is worthy to climb mount zion The mountain upon which the tabernacle and the temple were built. Who can rightfully do it? The question is not asked because the mountain is particularly high and lofty, but because of what is involved in the process of climbing. The next question asks, who can stand in God's holy place? Who can enter the holy place of the tabernacle before the Ark of the Covenant and serve the Lord? Who can do this? Well, fortunately, verse 4 of this psalm gives us some idea of what are the requirements for this group of people who are able to do these two things. It says to us, those who have clean hands and a pure heart, who have not pledged themselves to falsehood, nor sworn by what is a fraud. So then, according to that verse, who can ascend the hill of the Lord, and who can stand in his holy place? Nobody. If we believe the TV show and the surveys, right, nobody can stand there. The psalmist included, right, because this psalm was penned by King David. And tell me about King David. We did spend some time studying him this summer. Right, that's a guy with a gentle and kind and sweet heart, right? At moments, at moments, he has some good good times, right? I mean, he slayed Goliath. That's a big, that's a, you know, highlight. What about some lowlights from his career? Bathsheba, that's right. Uriah the Hittite's wife. And and he dealt with, David dealt with that like an honorable man, right? What did he do to Uriah? Killed him, right? Uh, that's probably not the, the most upright thing to do, is it? That's not the clean hands thing to do, is it? Or the pure heart, right? So nobody could, including the, the king. No one could ascend the hill of the Lord. Because the reality is, if we dig deep enough, None of us have clean hands and pure hearts. No matter how good it might look on the outside, scratch the surface, and underneath there is death. None of us have clean hands and pure hearts. We've all pledged ourselves to falsehood. All of us have sworn by what is a fraud. That's a big disappointment, isn't it? Right, None of us are worthy to go up the mountain. None of us are worthy to go into his holy place. That's the condition that the human race is stuck in. No one could climb the mountain. And the reality is, is that somebody needs to climb the mountain. It can't just be unclimbed. Somebody's got to do it. Someone needed to do it for us. And so in a remarkable fulfillment of these questions, Jesus Christ, this fully God, fully man, person, rode a donkey up a hill in Jerusalem. Anybody remember what this event is called? Palm Sunday. What else do we call it? The what entry? Triumphal Triumphal entry. That's right. It fulfilled this question of who could climb that mountain. Jesus Christ did it in style. The rightful king coming back into Jerusalem, rightfully entering and climbing this mountain. This event was also foretold in this psalm. It says, lift up your heads, O gates, lift them high, O everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. That triumphal entry was prefigured here. It even says, who is he, this King of glory? The Lord of hosts, he is the King of glory. Jesus Christ began to fulfill this, these questions in his triumphal entry at Palm Sunday. But Jesus just kept on climbing hills, didn't he? Right. This wasn't the most significant hill he climbed, was it? What was that significant hill he climbed? Golgotha, right? The hill of Calvary. And what did he have on his shoulder? The cross. And what did he bear upon himself? Wow. The sins of the world. That's right. This was not a hill of glory, but a hill upon which he, dwelt, he dealt with the reality that we all have dirty hands and broken hearts and are false people. Jesus Christ climbed that hill to atone for our sins. And to set us free from them as well. But this was not the end of his going up, was it? Right? Because what happened 40 days after his resurrection? The ascension. That's right. It's so significant that the question that's asked in this psalm is, Who can ascend the hill of the Lord? And who can stand in his holy place? Because Jesus Christ ascended one last time up to the right hand of the Father. And where is he with the Father? What do we call that place? Heaven, that's right. And we'd also speak of it as a holy place, wouldn't we? Jesus Christ fulfills these two questions in his triumphal entry, his crucifixion, and in his ascension to the right hand of the Father. He shows us that he is the one who is worthy to climb the hill of the Lord and to stand in God's holy place. Jesus Christ did it. And because he did it for us, He has made the way clear for us to come into a perfect relationship with the Father. And the beauty of this relationship is that it doesn't depend upon you and me to climb that hill. Because the reality is, is we're not worthy to do it. We can't do it. Rather, we are responsible for accepting that He has done this work for us. We, the people of unclean lips, who on average lie either two to three times every ten minutes or every day, depending on who you're going to trust, we depend upon his righteousness. Because when we confess our brokenness to him, he takes our sin upon himself and it dies. It's crucified with Christ. And he places his righteousness upon us. It's this beautiful exchange. We give him our junk and we get back from him his glory. And he transforms us in this process so that we can follow him faithfully. This is what it means to be a saint. It means to give our sin to God and to receive from him his righteousness. And so may we, as people of God, do this faithfully. May we give up to him our brokenness and receive his holiness in exchange And when we do this, our hearts, our lives, our words, our actions will be transformed so that they can give glory to our Father in heaven. Let's pray. Lord God, help us to walk in grace today. Help us to confess our brokenness to you, Lord God, and to accept your grace in exchange. We pray that you would help us to continue to walk in this way, humbly serving you, Place your words upon our lips, Lord, that we might share your hope with others. Thank you for making us your saints, and may our lives reflect your glory so that your name might be praised. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.